Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, and as always, the Cowboy Chronicles podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Coming to you shortly after news has officially broken that Spencer Sanders is done for the remainder of the regular season for Oklahoma State. The redshirt freshman quarterback injured his thumb severely against Kansas, came out of the game in the third quarter. Now done for the year after having surgery on that thumb. Uh, we'll see. There's some uh, some talk that he could be back in time for a bowl game, but uh, not necessarily a guarantee. Um it's a tough situation for Oklahoma State, obviously, and there are also rumors floating around that Drew Brown has suffered an injury in practice this week, and in which case Oklahoma State would be left with a true freshman Brendan Costello behind center as they go to West Virginia at 11 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, tough situation for Oklahoma State. So we'll see. Spencer Sanders was uh, was really turning the corner and improving his play after having those uh, those rocky moments in the middle of the year, uh, games like Texas Tech and Baylor, where he turned the ball over eight times total in uh, in those two losses, uh, he'd really put things together and was playing well. Uh, had the the offense moving effectively against Kansas before he went out. Drew Brown had the big play to Dylan Stoner and uh, spent the rest of the game, but basically managing the clock, getting them out of uh, of that game without any further damage. So. Um, if he is able to go on Saturday, Cowboy fans uh, don't have too much reason for concern at that point. Uh, however, if he's not able to go, it, uh, it forces a true freshman uh, who has only been on campus since January into uh, into action. Uh, obviously, the third-string quarterback doesn't spend a lot of time getting, uh, getting reps. Uh, he hasn't been suiting up on game day, uh, Brendan Costello, that is, uh, because uh, he's a true freshman. They've been trying to redshirt him. Now, of course, with only three games remaining, they can still redshirt him at this point, even if he has to play the remaining three games. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes. That will likely be a, a, a game-time situation. We'll see. It might be, uh, might be 10 a.m. on Saturday. Um, whenever players walk onto the field and, uh, and and start going through warm-ups before we actually know who the Oklahoma State starting quarterback is going to be. A really tough situation as uh, as Oklahoma State tries to finish up strong in uh, in in what has been a uh, an, an up-and-down season. You've had the losses in games where they look like they could have won, and you've had the Tyler Wallace injury that they've had to overcome, and, uh, and guys have banded together. In in response to that injury, Dylan Stoner, Landon Wolf, Jordan McRae, guys coming through in big situations when they needed them. Stoner, in particular, really stepping up and 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 taking over that primary receiver role. Now uh, he'll be an important guy, no matter who the quarterback is against West Virginia, because. You assume now, with the way things are going at the quarterback position. Regardless of who it is, West Virginia is going to load up the box, try to stop Chuba Hubbard, and force the quarterback to throw the ball. That's going to make Stoner important. That's going to make Landon Wolf important. It's going to make Jelani Woods important to get him more involved and in, uh, in maybe some some short and easy throws. Maybe you work in the screen game with, with Hubbard to try to get him 
out on the edge with some blockers. A lot of different things that you can do. So it's a, it's a lot of unknown now. Here we, we are recording this Thursday afternoon, um, you know, less than 48 hours away from, uh, from kickoff time in, uh, in Morgantown. Really going to be interesting to see what direction things go from here. A lot could change before kickoff. So we'll, uh, we'll do our best to keep you updated um, in uh, being completely transparent and recording this after Jacob and I had actually recorded the entire podcast episode. Uh, and we had a, a, this, this brilliantly uh, executed segment about all the what-ifs surrounding Oklahoma State's quarterback situation. Assuming that Sanders was still a possibility, and obviously um, now that uh, th- that has uh, has been rendered useless, so uh, I'm coming to you now to uh, to update you on the information, and uh, we'll uh, take a quick break, and you can hear the final two segments of our originally taped podcast with me and my uh, my beat partner Jacob Unruh here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball where the doom and gloom is uh, not nearly as heavy no. for Oklahoma State. Um, right now, now the defense might be the best part of the team. <laughs> it absolutely might be. Um, let's uh, let's talk about a story that you've been working on for, for a couple of weeks, really, and uh, will be coming out soon on Kevin Henry. Now, we've reported that he's got the sixth year of eligibility. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but you've dug into that a little bit more. Tell us a little bit about so it. So he uh, was ACL his sophomore year yeah. for one game. Uh, he was kind of primed for a breakout that year. Yeah, it absolutely he, felt that he, way. He uh, had a really good freshman year, solid freshman year, came in that the redshirt freshman year, sophomore year, had a huge game in the opener against Tulsa. Um, Tours ACL, was done. Came back, what, last year? And still battled more injuries and – Played in, I think he played in every game or ten games, just about ten games, yeah. um, and missed some more games. Had injuries. This year gets a concussion early. It's like the injuries just kept piling up and piling up. Um, for a kid who is so upbeat and positive and always has a huge smile on his face, um, it was pretty tough for teammates, for him, for his mom. Um, but he got this six year of eligibility. He said, kind of. He didn't really think about it, and then someone brought it up to him, and within like a week or two, he had it approved. <laughs> um, and so he's just happy he gets into your play, play another year of football. The kid loves football. Yeah, he got a degree. He's the first one's family to get a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got two older siblings. His mom, um, dad wasn't really involved in his life, but no one's had a college degree. He's got mm-hmm. a college degree. Um, it's uh, they're super proud. That's the thing that they kept saying. They're super proud. You know, they're so proud of him. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a success story for a guy who isn't necessarily. He's a good player, right. but you don't see him making that impact on the field this year that he, he thought he was going to make as a sophomore. Right. But he's made impact. Um, but he's made impact in the locker room more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he just about walked away from football. Yeah. Yeah. He he told me I was I was willing to give it up. I you know during that ACL stuff, he said it was. It was the hardest recovery ever for him. Um, he's not a guy who likes to sit down. 
mm-hmm. and so he was stuck. You know, yeah. he he just he hates it, and um, he was really struggling with it, and, and almost walked away. And um, his teammates encouraged him. I think his mom encouraged him, and he stuck with it. And then um, he said he handled this concussion a lot better than he did the ACL because he knew that he was still going to be able to come back from it. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've talked multiple times on this podcast about. Calvin Bunnage and his situation yes. looks like he will be, uh, well, he'll definitely be redshirting. Yeah, yeah. But um, it looks like he'll be back next year now. Yeah, I don't well. I don't see a way we see Calvin this year. Right. No, not at all. From the way Gundy's talked and from more rumors. Well, yeah, exactly. Floating around. But I don't exactly. think we see Bundage no. this year. No, not at all. And so that, you take a, uh, a, a linebacker depth chart that had two seniors in it and now both of your seniors are coming back yeah that really changes the look of your of your linebacker depth a year from now yeah because you've got well you got malcolm rodriguez back and mm-hmm. you've got devin harper back i assume we're having Amon ogbog Bamiga come back i would assume so yeah. um you know and then so you've got those three guys alone mm-hmm. and you've got other guys yeah you know you've got those there's got, so much depth there at linebacker. You got freshmen coming in that are pretty talented, right? In uh, what Cole Thompson and Jeff Roberson, at least locally, yeah. Um, the the linebacker spot might become a huge thing of strength, yeah. Roshu, and it would be really good because you when you lose if you're the Cowboys, you lose AJ Green and Rodarius Williams in that secondary to have the now linebackers. That's, now that's assuming Rodarius goes right. early. We we both kind of feel like he might, but yeah, we've, but you know, there's a chance you at least lose AJ Green, so you take yeah. a hit on a corner exactly. with your best cover guys. Yeah, so now all of a sudden you get a strength in linebackers, your defensive fronts coming back, pretty much attack defensive lines yeah, same way. Everybody but Mike um, Scott returns up there. Yeah, so. and so you've got all that depth. The defense is starting to look like a strength in moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Jim Knowles was becoming pretty excited about what his two freshman linebackers were doing mm-hmm. in Cameron Farr and Adrian Desidere. And, you know, Desidere played in the opener. Yeah. And when, uh, when they were a lot thinner and, uh, you know, now he hasn't played since then. They've been able to uh, maintain his red shirt. But now he can play. Now he can, uh, now he can come back and, uh, and play some more now. But, um, that's been a, uh, a, a really interesting turn in how this has, has developed and, it's going to give Knowles, I think, a chance to uh, to really develop those young guys and not have to force them into action so quickly. Now, another year, and they're going to have to play. They're going to have to be ready because yeah. then you're going to have all seniors yes. in that, in, that yes. uh, in that linebacker group. So here's, next year, here's Malcolm stays at linebacker, right? I think so. I think so too. The I mean, secondary has been so good, especially at safety position. Those yeah. three guys, they're all and back. They're all back. And I don't know if you mess with that at this point. No, no. I uh, I think that's a um, that move has been so positive and so beneficial that you need to stick with that. I think that that still gives you your your best eleven right mm-hmm. now. I mean, now if if Bundage comes back from this this back injury and and is you know on a different on a, you know back to what people thought he could be, um, you know maybe you maybe you look at it. Um, I don't know, but I would rather stick with what has been working so well because yeah. Trey Sterling has come along so much. Trey Sterling's been been really really good. Yeah, 
and um, then Jark Bernard just continues to be reliable, and Colby Harvell Peel, who we're going to talk about in the mailbag segment, so we won't get into that he's, too much. He's a superstar but, at this point. So. Yeah, he is. So, um, yeah, it, but it's it's pretty ridiculous to think there's this defense has made all of this progress, and there's legitimately only one senior in the starting lineup right now. Yeah. So that's uh, a very encouraging thing for uh, for the future of this defense. But and, yeah, and, and more on Malcolm. I think an off season where they want to they would want to put weight on him. Right. I think would do him good at yeah. the linebacker spot. You get an off season with Rob Glass. Oh, he yeah. knows I would get the weight on on Malcolm, and yes. he would become more the size that they want. Yeah. Yeah, I think linebacker. that he. I think that Malcolm is athletic enough to hold ten more pounds yeah. of muscle and do and do just fine. So, and that'll uh, you know make him even more impactful when he gets mm-hmm. kind of you know all the, the the mess of the line of scrimmage and all those things. So, uh, I think uh, I think that is a uh, a permanent move at at this point. So, very interesting. Uh, looking more to this week in particular, uh, Cowboys have had. Uh, really one week of film unless they go back to Bowling Green where uh, where this quarterback came from to to look at West Virginia's quarterback because they made the switch last week so that's a little bit of a trick when you don't have a whole lot of film to look at on a guy yeah it really is Um, you know and OSU's defense is so different than Kansas State's defense, too. Right, exactly. And so it's really hard. To, hard and you, I mean, if you're OSU, you really don't have a lot to judge off of. No. Um, I think they would have been better served if they could have gotten um, – why am I going – Austin playing? Kendall? Austin Kendall. Yeah, I well, want I to think, say Drew Allen. Jeez. <laughs> Austin Kendall. I don't know which quarterback transferred away from OU at this point. Right. Um, Austin Kendall. I mean, they might have been better served if Austin Kendall was still the quarterback. Um, right. Now, granted, I mean, they would have been served for multiple reasons, I think. Um, right. But um, this unfamiliarity, and maybe that plays into OSU's hands a little bit too. They can mix right. in some things, um, and and just kind of go out there and play. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the one thing that that guys I talked to did say about this is that that the schemes of the offense didn't really change at all. Mm-hmm. They pr- pretty much ran the same stuff, but it's just a different guy with a different skill set. He's a little more mobile. Yeah, a little bit. So. That'll be um, that. That's the most intriguing part of this, and we've talked over the years. Uh, well, not you and I, but but it's been discussed over the years, and we've talked about it some this year. The uh, the, the difficulty that Oklahoma State has had against backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go back to uh, 2017 when Skylar Thompson at Kansas State was the third stringer, yep. comes into into Stillwater and and beats them. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy last year coming off the bench and uh, and obviously he was a, a turned out to be a star but um but still a, a unique situation um does he count I, as a backup quarterback though or is i feel like this was a red shirt situation like they were trying to get an extra year out of him because uh, i was reading something about no um the quarterback what, at oh west the west virginia guy yeah um could be could be. Uh, That's yeah. the, the sense that I kind of got the way Barry was writing and things like that yeah. this week, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that they were trying an extra year out of him and just waited for the opportunity to be able to put him in the starting lineup. Yeah, maybe. Um you, it, it's it that's possible. I'd still I'd still call him the backup. Yeah, okay. I mean if he was good enough, I think they he, wouldn't have worried about uh, the red yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah that's I think, true. I think you play him. So um 
I mean, unless you're just really, I mean, that's sacrificing a lot to not put your best that's quarterback true. on the field. But you never know, you never know. But still, he's still uh, a new guy, so we're we're counting him. But for the co- purpose purpose yeah. of this conversation, backup we're counting him as a backup. All right, fair enough. Um, and then uh, I don't even know. I can't even remember the name of the fourth string quarterback at TCU last year. It was like a former walk-on. Oh, I looked it up during the TCU week yeah. or when we were talking about talking about backup, backup yeah. quarterbacks, and I couldn't remember his name now. He even had a, he even had a cool name. I wish I could remember it, but um, fourth but, string. Yeah, he was a fourth we'll stringer, him. former walk-on who had never uh, never really seen the field at all, and uh, goes out and 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 beats OSU. So there have been uh, there have been moments when uh, when backup quarterbacks have starred against the Oklahoma State defense. Uh, Jet Duffy uh, at Texas Tech was yep. was not the starter uh, earlier this year. So. It's true. So there have been those moments. All right. Well, I tell you what. Let's take a break. We got some uh, interesting questions on the other side in the mailbag. So we'll come back and do that on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's and it is mailbag time jumping in with Angel who is always a regular contributor to the mailbag is it my imagination or is Jelani Woods the only Cowboy back to catch a pass this year it's hard for me to fathom why he doesn't get more passes he almost never misses and he has deceptive speed well, we don't have Jenny on here to answer this question. I'm a little bummed that right. Jenny Carlson is not with us. Yes, for this she would answer. love to. She would love to. Answer She's a huge one. tight end, Jelani Woods fan. Yes. Now, uh, to answer the first part of the question, uh, Logan Carter's caught a few passes. Yeah, yeah touchdown, right? Yeah, had a touchdown catch, and uh, Dayton Metcalf has a catch on uh, on a a uh, trick play from yes. Tom Hutton. And he had a touchdown called back. He did. He ha- he caught another pass that went for a touchdown that got uh, they yes. got called back because of a penalty. So um, they have gotten the other guys involved. Um, as to why they, as a group or Jelani specifically, haven't been more involved, uh, we've addressed that more than a, more than a couple of times on here. Can't answer it. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> they don't ever Does give you an answer when you sense. ask about it, really. No. It's just kind of – they're more blockers. I don't know if it's because Chuba's emerged so strong that, right. that maybe it's become what's gonna more blocking scenarios for them to help Chuba out than anything yeah. else. I, I don't – that's my best guess. Yeah. I, that's – yeah, it's uh, it's it's been really odd because it just seems like that would have been a uh, a really big weapon for them this year, and uh, it hasn't been uh, all that effectively used. We've seen them going to him more lately. Uh, he had a couple of catches last Saturday, but just not uh, not what you anticipated from uh, uh, from him there. So it's interesting. That's uh, that's for sure. So. Good question. Yeah. Angel uh, jumps in. Number two, based on the the defense and Spencer Sanders' improvements since uh, since early in the season, would today's OSU beat Baylor and much worse Texas Tech and Texas if it were to play this Saturday? Obviously, that's assuming that Spencer Sanders were healthy at this point. I, I think, well, Baylor's still a toss-up to me. Yeah. But I think they beat Texas and Texas Tech. Yeah. I, and I said this the other night after the game, actually, you know, the, the Texas game, we were talking about that loss. I think 
I think that was just a bad timing mm-hmm. for OSU that game. Yeah, you're coming off all the non-conference games. You're still figuring things out with a new quarterback, mm-hmm. new offensive coordinator. Yeah, um, a lot of different moving parts at that point. Um, you have to pl- open up a Texas at Texas, right? Um, it was just kind of a bad scenario. I think if they even maybe a week later, right, or two weeks later, yeah. I think they beat Texas. Yeah. Um, because they should have won. I mean, they honestly should have. They could have won that game, right? Exactly. And um, so I, I, I think that they win that one. The Texas Tech was just a dud. They'd love, they'd love a redo on. Redo oh, absolutely, on that one. absolutely. Um, they just played played poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Baylor, I still think is a toss up. I, I because I still think Baylor's really good. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah. Texas, you look at the at the red zone struggles they had that night, yeah. and the not only the struggles, but the um, the way that they operated down there was not, um, you know, not what they wanted to be, and it just it just sort of worked out that they you know got themselves in some bad situations in the red zone, and uh, and didn't operate that efficiently. A so, terrible fake field goal. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was hideously bad. I won't forget that. That was awful. Right. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back around to Jelani Woods, someone brought that up uh, to me the other day. Like he was on on track for a great season until that moment, and then uh, well, I don't know if that was his fault. That was a bad play call. Oh, the the whole thing was the whole thing was the the whole thing was bad. No doubt about that. Um. Also, um, uh, this was a question that was not directed for the mailbag, and I uh, discussed it already on Twitter. But I think it's fascinating. Uh, is Colby Harvell Peel in line for Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year? Tell me who's who's better, right? At this point, that's that's my I guess my answer to that. I, maybe that's a that's a that's a Mike Gundy Chuba Hubbard Heisman answer right there. Right? How many exactly. guys are putting up the numbers are going to equal Colby's? Right? Yeah, um, making the impact that Colby's making right yeah. now. Um, I can't think of anyone outside. There's, there's not a ton of guys that stand out no. as defensive players in this league. Oh, right you now. hit a lull, so I think yeah. their guys are kind of probably mm-hmm. out of the running on that. Yeah. Um, Baylor's best player. I don't I don't and one of their defensive linemen could maybe, maybe yeah. could maybe get in the mix there. Um, um it's it's gonna be interesting, that's for sure. TCU's linebackers out for the year that was their mm-hmm. best player. Yeah. Um, yeah. not Texas. No, not. Yeah, I. I mean, it should be adding up, and when you start doing the math and start mm-hmm. looking, at it, it should be adding up for Colby. Yeah, in the favor, and I, whether it will be, I have no idea. But right, um, you can start making the case like you can for Chuba for that award. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's uh, that will be interesting. Obviously, when you talk about the offensive player of the year um, battle in the Big Twelve. Jalen Hurts is going to get a ton of uh, of attention. Yeah, that's another quarterback love. thing there a yeah, little bit. No exactly. use going to, you know, be in the Big 12 title game likely against Baylor. Um, right. I think Charlie Brewer should be in the consideration. Mm-hmm. Um I mean Chuba is going to be in the talk too. I mean, we're not overlooking yeah. Chuba here. It's going to I think it's going to be to Chuba and Jalen Hurts to be honest. Uh, yeah, I I think so. That's what's uh, what's going to be interesting if, uh, if Oklahoma State ended up with the offensive and defensive player of the year and, and end up third in the third third conference. in the standings. That could be uh, that could be pretty fascinating. So, 
All right. Well, that was uh, the extent of the mailbag because right. uh, several other questions came in, but they were all about Drew Brown, Spencer Sanders, quarterback stuff. Uh, we so, don't know the answer to that. Yeah. We, so we, don't know. We, uh, we can't answer those at this point, uh, though we tried mightily in the first segment. Um, so that uh, that will uh, that will wrap it up. We we we, we, we got to do our picks. Uh, throw out our uh, oh yeah our our picks. Um, now the, uh, the the point spread has moved considerably. You know we uh, we discussed this on here before. Uh, when we make our picks for the paper, those have to be done early. Mm-hmm. So we get the line that is out on Monday. Right now the line has moved uh, at least a point. In favor of, of of West Virginia, so it's it a, it's it like a, it was yeah I think it had, it had peaked at about seven and a half, and I think now it's down uh, it's definitely under seven it's in the six six and a half range okay now. so uh, I think I might have picked twenty seven twenty the paper ah so you were right on the bubble I think I went below what we had in the spread and mm-hmm. the paper yeah and so I guess that puts me above the new spread yes. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um I felt all along that this was going to be a game that was close, and that uh, that that West Virginia would stay in it. I thought Oklahoma yeah. State would win, um, based on what information we na- we have at this very moment and believe to be accurate. I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think that Oklahoma State wins. West Virginia beats the spread. And I talked about my my affinity for home underdogs on the mm-hmm. uh, on on the picks. So uh, so that's uh, that's where I'm staying now. I don't know. I don't remember my score that I picked for the paper, uh, but I, I I think it was twenty seven twenty. I, I think I was I think I was in thirty one twenty seven range if I remember right. So uh, that's about that's about what I'm expecting. I, I think it'll be a tight game, but. Um, but a good one, and uh, we'll see. Could uh, could go a lot of different directions based on on what happens from here on out. So, but that will do it for this edition of the Cowboy Chronicles, which, as always, is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today, or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.